This is Drop Tent Media Network. Two father comedians out of Philadelphia. Seriously, Dad. Dad. Seriously, Dad. Seriously, Dad. Yo, welcome back, season two. Seriously, Dad. Oh, seriously, Dad. Seriously, just the just the dads today. I'm excited about this. I I really like, and I, I'm really liking the the concept of us bringing in, you know, people like Sarah and Kirk and. Uh, the professionals you know. of the world. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I think it's cool because I think the reality is like these are experts in a sense that you know we can pull knowledge from. Like, is like thinking about like, oh, you know, what? what can but I, they know shit. They know shit. They know. Stuff. Like, we think we and know. We, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we think do we the dark shit. web. And, like yeah. you in the dark yeah, web. Like I was. Yeah, I was still <laughs> trying to get the username and password for the dark <laughs> web. She knows shit. That's you right. Know I mean? Well, like, that's right. Well, it's our age too because you just had a birthday, right? Yeah, baby. Capricorn season. Big, big 4-0. 4-0. 40 years old. Yep. Man, big AD that... is 40. January 12 for those next season. Just, you know, and then mow me something. That's <laughs> right. By the time this uh, this episode airs, my birthday will be the following week and I'll be 41. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that you were older than me. I am. Nice. Yep. Nice. I am an old man. It's not. Everyone talks about the forty. I don't feel any different. I, mm. Birthdays have never been a thing for me to get too high or too low on. Well, six. I mean, the only birthday I ever cared about was sixteen because that when I turned fifteen, I started writing in my school like homework book because uh, I didn't use it to write my homework assignments. I I used it to do a countdown to when I could get my license. license. That was Plus like sixteen, right? That's such a big, a big deal. I know twenty-one. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe twenty-five because you still think it's cool to age. And then you just go in the decades, 30, 40, 50. Is that pretty yeah, that's much it? it? That's there it. There you go. But I mean, 16, for whatever reason, the ability to drive was the only one that I know for me personally, I was like- Freedom. Counting down. The driver's stuff. license equals freedom. Because I went and got it like right. And it's not even like now. Apparently when kids get their license now, you don't get it for like six months. No, you got to like, I think you got to pass a written test and you got to log hours that you drove with another and driver. It was not like that. No, yeah, back then it was like sixteen. You get your you get your license. You're sixteen in four days. Like you could. Just well, yeah, it. it was. I remember I went and went to whatever was the closest one to my house. I think it was Honesdale, Pennsylvania, and it was a it was a paper test. Still, they had one that That's if right. you went to Dunmore there, which was the bigger one, they had the you know the well kiosks. the big city of Dunmore, PA. I mean, That's right. That yeah, the big city. We, uh, yeah, they have a sheet. Uh, <laughs> Um, but she's in a while I had done more. They got, they I got, got a lot. day of, and then all I had to do was wait for that to get in the mail to get the license. So I had the permit autumn, you know, and then you come back, you take the test yeah, and you had to do like the parallel parking. And I got out of it cause I was practicing, but like when I did it, I just talked him through it and I was like, Oh, I think I cut it. So I'm just going to recut it real quick. And he's like, Oh, you're good. And like, so like, so that's my tip. Just talk, game in the, game in talk the through it. License. And then he'll be like, Oh, this person knows what's going on. All right. Then we is it, isn't it weird that for the driver's license, like the deciding factor is whether or not you can parallel park without hitting a curb. Yeah. Like all the other shit that can happen while you're driving a car. And they're like, ah, if you hit that curb, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Oh, that's that's, what of, a skill though. Now going in like anytime I go down to helium or punchline, like yeah, the yeah. ability to find that spot and park and it being is. able to put even in New York now, like I was Fuck. like, just actually, I was just at a cheerleading. My daughter had a cheerleading thing at a high school, but everybody was going crazy so like i found a spot where there was like a crosswalk and then a gap and the crosswalk wasn't going anywhere so i'm like oh nobody's using the spot so i just parallel parked right in there boom you know what you know what test they should have is how you can interpret 
this parking signs. That's the real fucking test. I can't tell you how many tickets I've gotten <laughs> like, because I can't read that shit. Right, okay, so it's Sunday at two, but Monday at four. I mean, it's odd days even. That's then a real test. Street sweeping. I, I was York up in Astoria in Queens. I stayed over at, uh, on a weekend there, and they got me on street sweeping. I yeah. missed, and by like a half hour, had I gone, had I, and I set my alarm to get there in time, yeah, but luck. I slept through it and. Good luck. Yeah, yep. that should be the real test. Bucks, boom. They should just pull up and be like, are you allowed to park here? And then you're like, okay, it's Wednesday at 12 to 2. No. And then it's like, yeah, you passed your test. Yeah. That should be the test because that's where every, every driver is failing. I will say they've made it easy to pay and all that with the apps and stuff like that. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course they have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They make it real easy to take your money. Yeah. That's, that's an easy do. one. Yeah. But um, it's just, it is, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the birthdays. It, 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 I don't get too high. I don't get too low. It's just another revolution around the sun or whatever the fuck they say. I feel young and um, I'm enjoying it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. How can you not? You know, like your birthday. Do you do the half birthday? Do you, fuck that. No. <laughs> My wife. I barely do that. the whole birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I barely do the birthday. I barely do that. Um so one thing that was nice though, so actually yesterday, my niece's birthday is in January. My birthday is January 12th. So we celebrated her birthday yesterday. We were at my sister's house and we sang happy birthday to Jada. And then they surprised me with my own cake and saying happy birthday to me. A little emotional because in my lifetime, I never really had like that I can remember someone singing me happy birthday. And my daughters were there singing to me happy birthday. So I was like a little like, oh shit. I, I didn't cry, but like. If I was a pussy, I would have cried. <laughs> <laughs> now, when they sang happy birthday, we just the traditional happy birthday? Just the, not, yeah, not the black just version. The white, just oh, the, the white, white happy okay, birthday, right. you know, nice and slow and lame. But hey, you know, you know they, that's what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, we, I mean, I would say sometimes we white people, we spice it up. Like uh, when you go to Applebee's. Yeah, happy, yeah, happy yeah. Happy birthday yeah. from Applebee's to you. Okay. We wish it was our birthday so we could party too. Hey. That's like okay. that steps it up a notch. There's a level there. The right? hey at the end that makes it that makes it so Caucasian. Wanna, yeah. Hey, like the, the, <laughs> that, that's what does it. That, that's the real white version of the fucking that the of the, version. Of, that's like the pre-Civil War version. Hey, I hate, like when, I hate when places make people sing like not even just sing Happy Birthday, but like I've been to places like remember Cold Stone Creamery? Did you ever hear this ice cream? It's an upscale it ice cream place. Used to have one by my house, but if you dropped change in the jar the tip jar they had to sing oh god i went to a bucky's which is like this big mega gas station like extravaganza in the south it started in texas but now they got a bunch it's of like the big rest area the yeah, truck area massive and all that shit. rest yeah, yeah. area like hundred pumps like wawa and lot, lot lizards running around like a home shit. goods inside there you can buy a <laughs> grill uh and when you go in they you, they have a saying that they have to say oh. and then there's people that work in the or something that like when somebody orders they have to chant something and i'm like it's a little cultish yeah fuck that it's, I don't, I don't it's weird i don't i don't know how yeah i mean jobs just in general but like it's rough like when you're getting a job like you, you know especially you know when you're younger you take whatever job you can get but uh and sometimes i think they prey upon the people who really need a job yeah how many people would take the job if like oh one more thing every time someone drops something you got to say how many people would be like, you know what? I'm cool. I don't want to. It's work like there. Office Space. You ever watch the movie? Yeah, office yeah. Space? With you know, the flair. Like, yeah. The flair. Yeah, you gotta have more flair. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that. I mean, when we were younger, people were getting jobs. They were like mowing lawns. The Yo. best job I ever got was roofing. 
Yeah. Roofing. How old young, were you 50, doing that? No, no, no. I wasn't 50. I was probably like 17. Okay. Definitely like Definitely not, not insured. Yeah, yeah, not insured, not <laughs> legal. Like it was just, it was like no, no, like it was just like show up at this job site on Monday at eight o'clock and you'll be yeah. a roofer. I don't know shit about shit. And they're like, all right, you got to carry these shingles up this ladder. And um, it was fun. I did it for uh, for a summer and um, it was tough. But Did you, you learn know. anything about the trade? Or were yeah, you yeah. I could, like... I, could, I could do a small roof now. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I I, would, I couldn't charge you for it because it wouldn't be that nice. Yeah, but I I could do like a small, like a shed. I could I could rock out a shed. We, we had a family catering business, uh, so friends of ours. So like I, I would work for that when I was like fourteen, fifteen, yeah. and that was great. I learned a lot about food service. And then when I got old enough, I worked in restaurants, and I was able to get paid better because I went in with experience. Yeah. And so that was I always did food service stuff. And, w- and when you're young, like if you're if you're young and you had like eighty bucks in your pocket. Yo, you were, you were that guy. My my mom would have. My mom was so smart. She had me like whenever I would get money from a job like that when I was real young, she would uh, have me put out envelopes, and each envelope was for something. The car I was saving for, wow. you know, whatever uh, savings. And so she would, and so that was something she had me do when I, you know, was fourteen, fifteen, started making money. You're and, managing your money, and I, and now it's like I do it. I do it sort of in a similar way where now I have separate bank you accounts. You do it like Trump, but you do it like China. You don't see any money. Yeah, well, right? but it's I like, but I see like, I see that like, oh, okay, when money comes in from, you know, wherever I have the joint checking account, but then I have accounts for the girls. I have a comedy account and I, we have our savings account. Mm-hmm. And so it's like those, I think of it like the envelopes. Like yeah. that's what goes through my the head. The mental envelope, the digital And I was envelope. grateful she did that because it made me think, you know, and now it's like making me think like, oh my God, what am I going to do for my daughters to like, I pass on some sense of responsibility to them, you know. Like yeah, that's the, they're too young now, but like if they get money, you know, they don't even have a concept of it yet. Like we just basically take it and put it in. You those take accounts. it from. Well, you we, you yeah. give them some of it, and then you put. I some mean, away. we get either. We don't even give them. I mean, if it's a gift card, we'll take them for like books or whatever. But we're pretty much just socking it. They each have their own account that yeah, we're just socking it away. But mm-hmm. at some point, you have to have a conversation with them about money and you know but right now they're great they don't want stuff they're like they're not wanting like crazy stuff i tried to explain investing to my daughter how'd that go she she didn't get it i was i'm trying to explain like you put yeah you put something in something now and you give it time and then over time it's going to be worth more because the thing you put it into grew and got doesn't get doesn't get it we played we played the game of life on new year's eve and it was my eight-year-old's idea and i was like every five minutes i explained a concept in the game of life i lost 10 years of my own like (laughs) i'm like trying to explain car insurance in the beginning and she's like wait i have to buy something i may never use i'm like oh you're your mother's daughter sweetheart you're gonna need that i'll get so much for let me show you what taxes are kiddo you're fucking mine she's like oh we're gonna go to college or are we gonna i'm like sweetheart this world needs wealth we need a track. <laughs> you're gonna go the trade track. I think. And, I think you're right. Though. I think the trade. Track but that's why. Well, she she rolled and she got doctor. Oh, okay. There yeah, fifty k a payday. I spin. I get teacher. I'm like, yeah. Well, <laughs> I know how this ends. I know how this ends, kiddo. You know? <laughs> this like, is going to suck for all of us. And it's just funny to watch them as you go on the spaces because then it was like, uncle makes poor investment and you need to bail him out. And I'm like, she's like, what? I'm like, well, if you, if you knew your uncle. <laughs> it's not that weird. But yeah, like explain. That's why it's such a great, I love the, I always loved the game of life and I don't know why because it is such this like, it's like that monopoly. Like, what are we really. T- well, I've never played the game of life. You've never, never played the game. Played of a life. lot of Parcheesi in my life. The game of life—it's just literally life. It's like now I look at it and I'm like, 
This is so but sad. But it's a game that keeps on throwing you curveballs and you got to yeah, pretty much manage. Like, and my wife was so good with all the teachable moments. Like she was like, we got to the one part and it was like, you stop and get married and you have a little car and it has little things for all the pieces. And it's like blue pegs and pink pegs. And Amanda's like, oh, are you going to marry a boy or a girl? And I'm like, I could hear my grandfather rolling over. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, so, you know, but we just did all of those things. That was good of her to be progressive about that. I was like, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I was joking earlier, like I, she has a friend in school, Kyle, who has like two gay fathers. And I'm like, she just gets to say that. I had to like hide that stuff. They just get oh, to throw get that to stuff around. Yeah, yeah, now. That's a, Modern family wins a couple Emmys yeah, and we yeah, just yeah, get yeah. to spill the beans. <laughs> no, but it's good. I mean, you know, I think that's, that's the, that's where we're at with that stuff now. So it it's, was it's, now. it's pretty much our, but yeah, we moment. played that game and then we didn't, at least didn't play. At least he has struggled. Like anytime it's like something where we're sitting down and focusing, like for her, it's like, she just couldn't hang. So I was like, we just, Katie just played and it, it was, it was fine. Cause it made me think about like, like what, what is she going to, what is Alicia's going to, what's Alicia's life going to look like in like 10 years? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I did a show where a woman came up to me after I finished a set and she's like, Oh, is your daughter really autistic? I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to tell 15. Don't you fucking hate, don't you hate that fucking thing? <laughs> like, is that really going on? You're like, if, I didn't just make this <laughs> up and like, just yeah. punch down on this group of people or this thing. But like, and you know, she's always the hero of the joke in, in my stories, but she was saying, but the reason she said that is she was a woman who works for the state and her job is to help people transition into adulthood. So when the school stops at 21, oh, nice. her role is to help them transition into whatever the future might look like. That's pretty cool. And with the sabbatical I just did in the fall, that was a lot of the stuff I was reading about the families and how they future plan. And, you know, you now is the age for us where we have to kind of see what her ceiling is. You know, we have to give her as much independence. So I'm trying to teach my mom in the morning, not to baby her too much uh -huh. to let her like, is she able Start to remember to all her routine? Yeah. Is she able to remember to brush and floss and get herself? And she's doing really good do you, with all that. Do you stuff. watch What's a love on the spectrum? Love on this dude, it just dropped. Spectrum, my wife spe just, spectrum of love, is that what it is? It's love on the spectrum. Yeah, my I think wife spectrum just of love would have been better, right? That sounds like spectrum of love. Anyway, love on the spectrum. Love on the spectrum. Now we I just actually it's funny you mentioned that. Last night my wife texted me and we just on Netflix, I guess, yeah. dro dropped within the last, I guess. All right. When this ends. I watched the first two episodes last night. Did All right. You? So I now I binge this thing. So yeah. I, I'm not gonna ruin anything for you, but I, I have this a question, a yeah. fundamental question about this show. Okay. Because I find myself watching it and I'm I'm I like what I see. Yeah. There are times when things happen and I question myself, am I learning and like enjoying watching these people grow, or am I being too entertained and this is I'm like almost like like someone may say something you may chuckle a little bit right yeah and then i'm like shit am, am i like laughing at these people because this it's not for that i don't believe right like no i i, I agree i think the how who you are when you watch it is is different like when i watch it there's moments there where it's too real for me i watch the parents when i watch that like i watched the australian one first when that came out a couple years ago and i was so fascinated with the parents like how many of them have stayed together like you'll notice a lot of them have either step parents or you don't see both parents because uh -huh. it puts such a strain but i think to your point like uh i think it's meant to 
like just make it aware. So I think it's okay to laugh, like because they say funny things a lot because they're not thinking about the social repercussions. Yeah. Like the ought and autism comes from the Greek word for self. So it's okay. like that they're hyper focused on whatever is happening around them and to them. And the power to read social cues is not something that comes naturally like it would to you or I. Right. So like. Right. It so, creates so, funny moments. Right. But if, if if we laugh at those funny moments, are we laughing? Because we're not laughing la with them because they're not laughing. Yeah. So, you're right? so we're not laughing with I, them. I agree. I think laughing. you're right. There's a moment there where you're like. We're like, shit. So am I laughing? So then it's like, am I being entertained by the differences? You know what I Am I laughing at somebody? Yeah. Or am I learning and just seeing what a group of people that up until recently, a lot of people didn't even know much about. Yeah. Let's keep it real. And uh, so I have like this thing where I'm like, you know, is it, is it okay to laugh at that? Is it good? And then, you know, we're comedians. I think that, um, you know, the term autism and making jokes and putting something of I'm autistic or I may be autistic or I was on the train, so I'm autistic. That's like the corniest shit ever. Oh, it's happening. It's rampant now. Yeah. It is. And it's, I think they're poorly written jokes. I, I don't even think there really is a joke, but you're like, you're, you're, fucking with someone you're picking on someone you're picking yeah. on a lifestyle that nah I'm I, I, not a big fan of that I think it's yeah it's like anything it depends on who has the power in the joke now if the comic is ah, using it to be like self-deprecating yeah. and they're putting on themselves or or like you can you can write a joke that's that's gives them the power in the joke or gives them the upper hand in that and that's you know what i do like my i have a joke that i that i that i often start i end a lot of my sets talking about my daughter and autism and the goal is to educate while entertaining them uh because i think that's what the show does so i think it's okay to laugh just like sometimes i have to train the audience that it's okay to laugh it's okay to laugh at her yeah. Because I think people do, people get in their heads like you do. And I think it's smart. I think that's great. If you're getting in your head like that, that's great. Because that means you're having a dialogue with yourself mm -hmm. about it. And I, that's the problem. The problem before was nobody was having a dialogue. We were just using words like the R word and just throwing yeah, that yeah, around. Yeah. Like, you know. Well, and then I, I do always ask myself this and this, I don't know. I don't know if this is like ignorant or like, but like, if you want to be treated, everybody wants to be treated equally. Right, that's that's the goal of every person on the world. Just be equal. No one really needs wants an advantage. Well, they probably do, but everyone just preaches equality. And so, if you have a joke and it involves someone who's autistic, or maybe you know, MR or whatever it may be, yeah, are you just including them in this world where you pick on everybody, or did you take it a little too far and you're now like punching down on these people and making these people? And I always have a battle with that, yeah, because. I don't know. I don't know if you guys, I mean, you guys are both comedians. I don't know how you feel you about have to that. Be, yeah, you have to be fair both sides. I mean, when people do that, like, I think you have to be intentional that if you're going to do that, then you do the opposite side. Like, like oh, if I'm going to do a Democrat joke, I better do a Republican, Republican joke, yeah. you know? But, like, that's what I like the joke that I do in the beginning is, like, when I introduce that she has autism, I usually say, you know, but she's on the badass end of the spectrum. And then somebody, like, inevitably someone will, like, woo or clap or something. Yeah. And I'll be like, I'm glad you did that, man, because... Typically, people punch down on autism now, and I'm like, I think it's because they're jealous. She sees the world in a state these guys take drugs to visit, yeah. and like, and then all of a sudden that kind of breaks the tension. I'm like, yeah, they call it a trip. She's a permanent resident, right? And then I'm like, but now she's got dual citizenship, and then everybody's like, oh, like, because mm -hmm. that's that's the concept that I think 
they have to do is like Abby in the show of Love on the Spectrum in the U.S., the one that she talks about being a mermaid. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but in the in the new season, she talks that she's progressed so much because her mom does a great job with her. And on TikTok, they do a lot to kind of okay. talk about what life is like for her. Okay. And she's progressed so much through this that now she even said in the show, uh, in this new season, she said in like the first episode that she now feels like a human before she felt like a mermaid. She nice. compared herself to Oh, Ariel. yeah, I remember that line. I and she just line. said she felt like a mermaid, like she was underwater. Yeah, it was Everybody really, else really, was on the ground. Yeah, really and she used that. And I was like, wow, what a powerful metaphor. Yeah, I remember thinking that. And that's, you know that's the core. Like, when I hear that, then it says to me, yes, that's the core of that joke. Well, let me ask you this. If you did have a joke where you kind of punched down, let's just, right, so it's your daughter, right? And I do clearly, yeah. Clearly, you love the shit out of your daughter, right? Yes. Obviously, there should be no doubt about that. We're on Seriously Dead. No one comes in here who hates their kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> until, Neil, until Neil has them. I'm just fucking with you, Neil. Um, but let's say you did have a joke punching down because it is a life you live and, and there is nuance there that only you understand yep. unless, right? So let's say you did have a joke where you you, you kind of like, because I, I have jokes where I punch down on my, I mean, we, if you have kids, they're worth punching down on. I mean, that's part of the reason why you have kids is you have someone yes. to like do shit. I mean, they used to have kids so they could work on a farm, God damn it. Punching down on them on stage <laughs> is not a big fucking deal, right? Yeah. How how bad is that if you if you were to punch down on your daughter who has autism that you clearly love to death and you were to be maybe a little more edgy with the jokes? I mean, is that really the worst thing you could do? I mean, no. But when people hear the word, they automatically get tight, and they yep. a lot of people have already determined I don't like this. Yeah, right off the rip, I don't like it. Yep. No, because he's punching these people with autism, and here you are raising a young lady to to yep. be a woman and go through life with autism, but. The, the, it's so polarizing that you, some people shut down immediately. Yeah. So it took me a while to craft the order of the jokes for that very reason. Cause I do have a joke that now comes about three or four into the set. That is one that is like, it, it may appear at the thing where I'm like, I like, Oh, she's like daredevil. I'm like, you know, she's not blind unless you count social cues. And the minute I say that it's like, Oh, and then I prove it. And then you build the tension, you break yeah. the tension. But if you do it, beautifully because the parents who are real parents and deal with this they get it because they'll be like yeah like that's because that's the moment in the show that you're talking about laughing at is those moments where the dude the kid the one kid when he was like at the speed dating and he just starts like swiping left canceling in front of them right in front, right right in front of him he like looks paper. him in the eye he looks down he looks in the eye and, he just and you could see them look down at his paper where he just put a big yeah. x and then he's like well it was nice name. meeting you yeah. move on <laughs> be gone bitch it was done. nice meeting <laughs> and the guy kyan or whatever his name the producer comes over he's like hey are you like marking that in front of them like yeah he's like, he, he's like yeah was i not supposed to he's like ah, well maybe, maybe you just give maybe him a second <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I like when you, when you say they're not blind but social cues. I think that's that's funny. Like I don't, yeah. and I don't hear. Even if you didn't have a daughter with autism, if I heard that, I wouldn't be like, "Oh, this guy's a total asshole." But you're, but to your point, people hear the buzzword, and if they're not, if they weren't paying attention, they were like missed the first setup, then yeah. they might just tense because right. they're like, "Oh, here's a trope of a guy talking, you know, talking about autism and punching down." Yeah. I think, you yeah, know, and you, then you and you have to qualify it with I'm a, a parent of a child with autism, right? Yeah, and that that helps a lot. You know, sometimes you see like. A, 
I don't know who it is, but they're like, I heard someone was like, I rode the train here, had so much fun. I'm autistic. And it was like, that is, I don't think it's funny. Like nothing there make, like yeah. makes me jump, but it's like, so you, you, you're not in this world and you went from the outside in to, to get a cheap laugh. That's significantly different. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of that, but you know, I had, I have, I have times where I make jokes about black people. Some people, I don't even realize it. Some people don't realize that I'm black. They don't, they, they think maybe I'm Italian, a Puerto Rican. I don't fucking know. Yeah. I got a little bit of ambigu ambiguity yep. and they get like really tight. And I actually was, did a show last night and a lady raised her fucking hand like we were in school. And I said, are, are you raising your hand? And she said, yes. I was like, well, I'm like, what do you want? She said, what's your ethnicity? In the middle of the show. And I realized like, oh, you guys think I'm just this, some Italian dude or some white dude punching down on black people saying words that white people aren't supposed to be saying. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty weird, pretty awkward, but we had fun with it. But yeah, I yeah. can't. I hate it because you'll tell a joke, and I can't. I can't even comment back to you on some of your jokes. I'll be like, "Oh, you should tag this up with uh, no." <laughs> that one word, the other that one word. Yeah, word. yeah. Put that at the beginning. Of the <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, but but that's what it is. So you're you're looking at something like, oh, this guy's just picking on on black people, or this guy's picking on Jewish because I got a little bit of everything, you know. That's right. And and he doesn't know, but it's like you don't know. And I guess maybe that's our job to really set the table. So. They, you know, yeah. this is okay. We can have fun. This guy's not a bigot or a Nazi yeah. or whatever the fuck. You know? Well, I think that's true too. Cause like, even when I was telling stuff about, you know, my mom or my moms in general and talking about gay material as someone who's not gay, that I think sometimes I can, I've seen some like lesbians in the audience who have disengaged yeah. because it was like, mm -hmm. am I allowed to talk about that? Well, I'm like, well, I mean, everybody in my family's gay, but me. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about right, it. Right, right. And they don't know that <laughs> yeah. you're that you're. An, so you know. I had to learn how to build that into the set to to again kind of pave the road for that. But I think those are all good things because it means we're being thoughtful on our social commentary. It's the people you're the people you're talking about are the ones who can't even define the term they're using. Yeah. And when you can't define the term you're using, you can tell the jokes are poorly written because they don't really get what they're talking and about. understanding it makes it it's for like a better it's joke. like you That's talking about the dark web and the internet last time <laughs> yeah you know we just yeah, clearly clearly i don't know what the fuck <laughs> but I'll like but like it's that that on a scale of well then you shouldn't be telling these jokes on stage especially to a paying audience yeah if you sort of haven't quite well, figured that out you know like the gay thing like i went i went to a gay wedding when i was 14 years old so you're like pretty much gay. I'm almost there. <laughs> I've thought, I've thought about it. You know, so I, so, cause my, my aunt is gay. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. We're not going to, there's no hiding. She's Everybody's got an aunt, it. Kathy, you had a roommate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and a cousin. And <laughs> so she, she's not interested in hiding it. She, she, maybe at one point she was, but she is gay and she is great. And I love her very much. That's much my aunt Alicia and her wife, honey. But what a great I, name, honey. Yeah, that's a great name, right? So when I talk about gay people. I just assume that like, I, I don't know, like I'm not, I've been around gay people my whole life. I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I'm including a group of people in my comedy, in my jokes. And this yeah. joke happens to be about gay people. And I don't think any less of gay, but if you don't know that, you're like, this guy's picking, there he is picking on gay people. Yep. And there he is picking on that. And I, that's, that's a tough one when you get like lumped in with this, like, because once they shut down. It's very hard to get him back. Yeah. You know, well, and I think that when you think about the topics that a comic should cover in stand up comedy, I've heard people say, like, there's really two. The one is like 
you know, the things, the things about you and then how you experience those things. Those are really, because when people laugh at a joke, they're not laughing because of the, the content piece you pick. They're laughing because of how you're experiencing that thing that's happened. Right. They're really, you are the subject of this. And so that's what we're, that's what you're saying is like, you know, as, as long as we come at it from our experience and they understand our experience and we've painted a good enough of a picture of that, then, you know, and that, that took me a minute to kind of understand that. I thought people just go up there and talk about dating apps and then they could just write a whole set about dating apps, not like thinking like, Oh, I should be speaking of my own yeah. experience. And, you know, cause I was, I joking recently cause my wife wasn't on apps. We met online. They didn't even have apps. Apps. You met on the dark web. Dark web. You met, we on, met the, on the dark web. <laughs> Dude, but it was like her pro. I was joking this with her profile the other day. Cause it said, where have all the cowboys gone? Oh shit. Great song. Right. Do, 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 and do, I was do, like, do. and I was like, where have all the cowboys? Why would I think? That I should you respond. I like. I grew up in the city of. Yeah, Scranton. you were like. I the, the most, a cowboy kind of. <laughs> the most cowboy thing about me was the Emmett Smith jersey I wore in the nineties. Yeah, okay. I have cowboy tendencies. <laughs> I got these chaps in my closet. <laughs> I was like, I had never even seen a horse. Okay, you kidding me? And you just and you went for it. That's... And I was like, but you know, but that actually that's the beauty of that too because it's like the opposites attract. Like I think, mm -hmm. and every everyone I went after prior to that where I thought. I would have was liked a them. Yeah. Was was a nightmare. So I'm like, all right. Clearly, my compass is broken. Yeah. So I'm going yeah. to try a different path, and it worked. You know, you know, I, I was actually watching a show on Netflix. I really like it. Louder Milk. Have you seen that? I've saw now. Now that I have Netflix, I just got the. You could buy the one with ads. I didn't know it's like six ninety nine. Oh, it would sign okay. me up. Welcome. Who's the guy? Who's the guy on the cover of that? Because I can see the, the image. Space. That's what I thought. Lumberg fucked her. Remember that. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, that's so I saw the, I saw yeah. the, I saw the thing, and I hadn't watched. Okay, now yeah, I have to so, watch it. So he, he, it's, it's really good show. One thing I like about that show is a lot of the the cast um, has have disabilities, physical oh, okay. disabilities. Yeah, and they're not picking on them. They're just people in this story in this life who you know. One lady has one leg. One guy has. It, it appears as if like he doesn't have a forearm. It's just his bicep goes right yeah. to his hands. They they may make a, a joke or two about it, but it's in the moment of like the thing. But it's not like everybody laugh at this. It's not that. It's yeah. like, yeah, the people in my world look like this, and that's this is right. what it is. And I think that's really cool. And um, you know, I think you know, back to telling jokes about things. If you talk about the social commentary that we're in right now, you you know, gay people, LGBTQIA plus, that's going to come up, trans. That's that's part of the world we're in. Politics, part of the world we're in. Race, always going to be part of the world we're in. Relationships, always going to be part of the world we're in. So, like, you know, certain things are going to come up. I guess it's really our responsibility to to quote Anthony Jeselnik is to get away with it. Yes, oh, you got to get away with what it. What a craftsman! Yeah. I love watching Jeselnik. Yeah, and if you fail, you didn't get away with it. Yeah, what do you think of Joao Chappelle's uh, last special? I did not. I have not yet. Um, I, I, I barely watch an entire special, so I will say if I'm going to make, uh, I will say the only thing I'll say about it is like the way it was crafted from start to finish, uh, was interesting and really well done. I thought, uh, I didn't have as many jokey jokes. Like when I think of sticks and stones, which is one of my favorite ones that he does like that one. I like, cause it was just such good. He starts with that. Like, uh, the guy who hangs himself in the French luxury part. Uh, what's the guy's name? 
Anthony Bordeaux. Oh. And he starts with a seemingly story and then he dives into the, the, the Foot Locker guy. Just like a referee and everything. And it yeah. never occurred to that guy yeah, to kill yeah, him. I even yeah. suggested it. Like that, like he could get like those were jokey. Jo- I really enjoy when he does those. I had seen him do work out part of the Chris Rock stuff at Punchline okay, when he oh, came yeah, and right. did a spot there when Sam J was there last mm-hmm. time. Um and uh but I yeah, but he goes hard in the paint on uh, on trans obviously, and then he in, he he goes so he's like, well, I'm just gonna do handicap people now, and he starts. Yeah. And there was a guy in the audience that actually knew it, that was disabled that uh-huh. was part of the joke, and he actually had asked to be there. So like, I appreciate that he's like standing on that hill saying, well, this is what I'm gonna talk about. Say it. I'm gonna say what I want to say. Uh, kind yeah, of shit, yeah. But uh, it is a it is a hard topic because it was like. You know, I mean, it's Dave Chappelle. So, like, in my mind, like, he can do whatever he wants. And clearly, he's got the market to do that. But I know a lot of uh, friends of mine who are in the trans community. Very, are, they, they were hurt. Very yeah, hurt they didn't like that, that shit. So, my favorite Chappelle shit is like killing them softly, right? Like, that mm-hmm. need some smack, bird. Like, that, oh, I love those those two early ones. Um, but, um, yeah, that's his thing. It's like, I, I'm, I'm, I want to say it. I'm going to say it. These are just jokes. And I do think that sometimes people hold on to the words of a comedian too strongly. Yeah. I mean, we are we are the court gestures. We are not. Yeah. We are not the political. Yo, you want to you want to get angry at what people say? Start paying attention to what the politicians are saying. Yeah. You want to get angry about what people are doing? Get angry at what the people who make decisions for all of us are doing, because that's way worse. And like right. you know, Dave well, Chappelle clearly making a joke. And the other thing is, do we know Dave Chappelle's life? Dave Chappelle could have a billion. LGBTQIA friends. Well, I'm just, yeah, and I these think are so just too. jokes, and, and they exactly. accept that, and that's what it is. You know and, what I mean? And he, well, he does. I don't want to ruin it too much, but like he, when he gets into the Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock thing, it's seemingly away from it, but he brings it back because he's like, listen, I can understand both sides of the equation. I can understand being a guy like Will Smith, feeling like he must have felt, and like you know, and the strain he must have been. I can also feel like what it must have felt like to be like Chris Rock and have to just stand there and take that given the position he was in. And he's like, listen, I'm not going to fault the dreamer and I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault the dreamer just because I don't understand the dream. Mm-hmm. And I think that was how he kind of tried to bring it around full circle, which I thought was meaningful. And if you were willing to listen. That, that's the thing. That's it right there because you got to fucking listen. And sometimes we get on stage and we talk about things that are Flat out facts. I have, I have jokes where I just start with factual information and people get upset. And it's like, <laughs> yo, I'm not, we haven't even started telling jokes yet. I am telling you that this is a fact. Yeah. That is it. And the arms cross, the legs cross, the tap, the tap the person and you can see them and they're like, oh, you've already shut down. Listen to what I'm saying and don't get angry at the wrong shit. Like yeah. that, that's not even my creative take on it. That's just the fact of the matter is that this and this happened in this date. Yeah, so we got to be able to look at it. We got to be able to laugh. And going back to you earlier with, can I laugh at this on Love on the Spectrum? Like, yeah, I think you can because it's not like you're tapping your friend and saying, "Oh, look at this R word." You know, now if you were doing that, then yeah, now you're bullying and you're doing that. But the like when I live my life with my daughter, like I have to be able to laugh about those moments. And I've had so many parents come up to me after a set and say to me, "I I needed needed to laugh about." I needed that, and I don't have anyone to talk to. I don't. Yeah, anyone to nobody that understands. Stands you it. made like, us human. Yes, you made it funny, and you connected with me. And she's so because it's like the word she's awkward. Like this, is, I haven't even written jokes about this yet. But the other day, she's like, "Dad, good news! I almost fell down the stairs." 
And I'm like, I'm like, good. And she meant to say, you good were- news. I didn't fall down the uh. stairs, but like, she just missed you. That's she's like an adorable foreign exchange. Student. Yeah. She's trying to figure out, but like the other day she, she had a stomach ache and I was driving her to music and she's like, Oh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to vomit. You're going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to miss school tomorrow. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, she's like, my tummy hurts. She's like, and she's like, I'm thinking if my butt farts, my tummy will feel better. <laughs> See, but that's, it's like, a mature, that was that's like a mature sentiment. That's, that's that was very like, true. That is very, yeah. That completely that is, makes sense. We've all been there. We've but like when there. she gets to middle school and she says, it's adorable right now. But when she gets to yeah. middle school, like the one kid in Love on the Spectrum for this season that hit me hard, they said they had to pull him out. The kid that was doing the speed dating, they had to pull him out of school yeah. in eighth grade. And they talked about her mom got really emotional and says, yeah. he doesn't have any friends really. Yeah. yeah like that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the part where it's like, Ooh, that's why like I have to watch, I have to microdose those episodes because like I can only take so much before I have to take a break or like yeah. you know, because I could just that, see. that's real for you. That's yeah, really, well, really I, real. I, for we you. would be nervous and I let her go to the bathroom on her own for the most part, as long as I can kind of see her path to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Because like she would get so impulsive to come back to whatever she was doing, she would forget to pull her pants up before she left the stall or the bathroom. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, and yeah, I just have to be hyper vigilant, right. but yet give her space. So it's this awkward giving space at the same time, ready to like, you know, turn into some version of Liam Neeson, you know? So it's just like, it's just this hard thing that you have to do and it's uncomfortable. And that's why I like, I'm like, I love seeing that show. Cause for me, that show is different than, than for, right. for what's out. Right, 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 right. No, it's like, uh, Denzel Washington has this thing where he talks about, I'm going to bring it back around, but he talks about, it's not color, it's culture. Yeah. And it's culturalistically and maybe culture isn't the word, but it's what you live. Yeah. The way we do, I've heard some people say the way we do things. Yeah. It's a, it's a way you live. So when you're watching something that mirrors and is a parallel to the way you live, it's a lot different. You know, it's like, basketball guys who love basketball think that he got game was one of the best movies ever because it parallels their life it's all about basketball and that's all the fuck they ever do so i mean it makes perfect sense now i do have i i I heard a comedian recently make a joke about um i I don't okay hold on i don't know if it was a joke there was this anecdote that's you like that word right that's story i mean story (laughs) there was an anecdote about it (laughs) <laughs> wait wait is that does it not mean no you're story? right <laughs> no okay you're right, cool you're right um about having a relationship with an autistic woman mm. and that didn't go over as well as that person probably thought it was gonna and i once again i thought like look if it's true don't get angry i mean why 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 get tight about it yeah. you know what i mean if, if he's telling you a story about his life and that's a chapter of his life why are you getting all fucking weird yeah but that they, they got weird and I felt for him, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, and that's the, the other thing too, is like, I think, you know, the minute we put labels on things, people hear it in a certain way and they have, they, they interpret it from their own viewpoint. And like, even with autism, it's like they say, if you know, if you know one person with autism, then you know, one person with autism. And like, you know, we've had issues, like some of the teachers that we've had the hardest time with our daughter are people who have family who are autistic because they put 
the version of autism that their kid had. You're you're going to be autistic like I know autism. Exactly. And, and so that sometimes yeah. can be difficult. And I think I, I might have mentioned this story before, but like her kindergarten teacher, I had to go and have a sit down with her because the emails just weren't cutting it. And, uh, you know, she looked at me at one point. She's like, well, listen, this isn't my first rodeo. And I was like, well, it's mine. And I said, you know, we're just trying really hard to be intentional about you know, exposing her to everything and doing all that. And we, we, we want her to go through all those hard things. And she looked at me and she's like, you know, I, I kept my son from all of this stuff growing up because I thought it was too hard. And, and then she looked at me and she's like, I've never said that out loud before, but like wow. she had this she moment had where moment her clarity. son was older. So it was a different yeah. time. Right. There was not shows like love on the spectrum popping up. And no, around. no, no. So, uh, you know, and by then, back then the R word was being used rampant. I mean, I, you know, the R medically, you know, medically prior to, prior to Obama and it was Rosa's law in 2010. That's when even up until 2000, 10 it was still being put into law and documents and then as as retarded, as, as retarded. Yeah. and then now it's an it was turned to intellectual disability uh and you think and, autism will change you think well, the I term think, autistic will, will be something different in 30 I years i think i think it'll ha i think what'll happen is we'll get a better idea of the spectrum and we'll get a better idea of because you know you date you can date someone with autism like you know two autistic people shouldn't have to only date i mean you, people have dated autistic that's, people the that's whole life okay and not know i said that i was like i was talking to my wife and i was like hey, hang on are we setting up a world where this these autistic people are gonna only community like court and with other autistic people and is that the right thing right because yeah i think maybe in this one i think there may be a couple people without autism dating mm -hmm. people but i do see and it's like oh you're out then you should date another autistic person and um I don't think you would do that with any other. Like, well, yeah, well group it's of not necessarily the same because you might not match up. Like you know, because again, all of the things that that they're particular about, uh, that might be the thing that you're lacking, and so mm -hmm. it's the yin yin yang at that point. And if you can find that, that's what we're all fine. So we it, all have something. But it's we're, like it's like it's like like so you're a teacher, right? Yes. Let's say you you go in the class and there's. I know where you live, so the classroom's probably predominantly white. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then there's a couple of yep. not white kids, a couple of. What if you're like, okay, we're going to do group work today. So let's see, we're going to, and then you just set up where all the black kids work together and all the Asian kids work together. <laughs> that would be like, whoa, what are you, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. So when I, I also, when I watch that show, I, I kind of wonder like, are we setting up a world where these people are only going to commute, like have a world full of these people? You know what I mean? Yeah. And by these people, I mean autistic people. And is that even a right thing to do? Yeah. Do you I think mean, that's the right thing to do? I mean, I, I think I think it does. I think it's going to happen regardless. I don't think there's a master plan at work. I think it's just whatever is going to happen is going to happen. But I think what's happening here is like they're being given an opportunity to have a partner and a mate and a friend, and that's something that's really difficult for people with autism. And you know, my daughter doesn't have a friend that she goes out and spends like she has people that she's in team sports with or Girl Scouts or whatever. Well, they shouldn't have a, her sister is her friend, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but like, that's going to be a challenge for her. Like people who came to her birthday party, like they didn't really like, you know, try to engage with her. It was all at an urban air. Everybody was going crazy, but like, she, you know, was she kind of like almost left alone. Yeah. I mean, she was fine. Cause that's how she would interact. So yeah. it wasn't like she, you know, she's 
going a mile a minute, doing 10,000 right. different things. So it's just fine. But I like, shouldn't have a friend like that. Like Katie has friends. My younger daughter has friends that she'll go over their house. We haven't, you know, sleepovers. We haven't done shit. sleepovers, oh, but sleep. like they've done play dates and whatever. They We go to the same gymnastics class because mm-hmm. Lily's in that gymnastic class and whatever. So it's just, but it's different. Um, so uh, them having a companion, that's every, we all need a companion and for yeah. them it's hard work. So it really has to be constructed in a way that is in a safe environment. And I think starting with people who are also autistic is probably an easy first step. Okay. So I'm wrong. It's okay. No, no. I mean, I think, <laughs> I, so I think it's an easy first step. I think uh-huh. it's an easy first place. Cause it's, cause otherwise if, if you don't do it that way and they have in the past, it just sets it up for like. You know, maybe it's, like it's a, it's, it takes a special kind of. I, th- I, th- I think for a young, it's, it's probably hard for a young person to understand, right? Well, and that's what. So maybe if like twenty five, thirty, you get it. Like, oh, yeah, it's my friend, and you know, he or she's autistic, and I know communicating is going to be this way or that way, and we're good. Maybe like if for like an eight, nine year old. Yeah, you and know, then the kid it, with the person with autism at that point, how well do they socialize? How well have they learned coping skills so that they can, you know, exist within the world without having to mask? Because there's this concept of masking that we don't want kids with autism. We don't want them to shove it in a closet or bury it under and like avoid having whatever you know, Mm -hmm. stimming or whatever they do, that's important for them to be able to be themselves. So like, if you look at the one relationship on love with the spectrum, Abby, uh, and I forget her boyfriend's name, but they go to like Africa together. They're adorable. And like, but they, but they are different because the mother even says like, he lets her know when she should just calm down. And he's very calming for her. And so they, they, there are different parts of the spectrum and they, they fill each other out. Mm -hmm. Like, and so he does all these cute things for her that she loves. And it's adorable to watch her like kiss him every time. Oh, she loves kissing. It's like, so it's just like, but that is beautiful. That's two people coming together, regardless of the fact that they have autism. So I would hope that we live in a world where people will just find their matches. Um, You know, is this fabricated for TV and for selling? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is it a little gratuitous and probably taking advantage of manipulative? Yeah, probably. Probably. But I will take that for the fact that it's putting out there a little bit more widely what autism is and how wide the spectrum is. So you'll take a give it a little it. give and take, a little I'll give and it. take. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> for whatever that's worth. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that might be a good uh, a good uh, stopping yeah. point for us. Today. Well, Jay approves. Love yeah. the spectrum. Jay 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 approves. <laughs> and um this is Jay approved. <laughs> um do you guys have any shows or you know obviously you can put uh, check out your social medias right there on the yeah, screen but is check, there anything? check out jayodercomedy.com and uh I'm excited at the end of the month I'll be going to Zanies in Chicago. Uh, doing a spot with a buddy of mine, the angry gym teacher. He's doing headlining zanies and nice, uh, bringing me along. So I'm excited. Wonderful. So you can follow at uh, J Yoder Comedy on Instagram. Awesome. And I'm Albert Davis underscore fourth. I think I'm going to eliminate the underscore. <gasps> Nobody wants oh. a goddamn underscore. Oh, what? Yeah, I'm changing it. Look I don't even you. know why. I don't even know why I have the underscore. It's because I'm Albert Davis the fourth. That's why. But uh, Albert Davis underscore fourth uh, Instagram. That's what I use the most. I'll be in New York. I'll be in Hazleton, PA. I'll be in Scranton. I'll be in Philadelphia. It's all posted there. Just come check it out. Come laugh with us. I'll be on uh, the biggest little comedy show, which produced by yours truly. And um, funny shit. Yeah. Yeah, you guys can check out all our shows over at Biggest Little Comedy. You'll see both of these guys because I'll be bugging them. All the comics on the network will be out. But um, yeah, guys, great episode. Peace. Peace. Peace.
dad. Thank you for listening to the dads, for once. Give these daddies a break. And maybe follow, subscribe, like, and comment to the dads on Instagram and YouTube at Seriously Dad Pod. Rate and review Seriously Dad Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Seriously, Dad? How you doing? This is Neil Wood from the Cult of Us Podcast. Speaking on behalf of Drop 10 Media Network, the network you're currently listening to. Make sure to check out all the other podcasts on the network. You can go to drop10.com to check them all out. Make sure to like, subscribe on everything that you see Drop 10 on. We appreciate it. Go to drop10.com now. Hi, I'm international man of mystery, Dan Dupriel, and I'm one of the weekday comics. My friend Dave and I get paid to do comedy, believe it or not. But we're not allowed to tell all the jokes we want to tell. That's why we started this podcast. Join us every Tuesday at 8 p.m. where we're going to talk about the news of the day and tell a couple of jokes that we just don't feel comfortable telling on stage. Hey, we don't have careers, so who gives a weekday comics? Our podcast where we be the big bags of trash we were born to be uh, and aren't allowed on the shows they pay us to do. This has been a Drop Tent Media production.